0: Good morning, it is crisp and cool and just spent the time talking about suffering in a way that we can look at it and greet it and understand it and possibly take some energy out of it, the endless supply that we all have and the endless supply of healing that we can use to greet it, woodpecker, lovely. Um So let's strap in and see where it goes. Chilly today, and the turkeys are out, which you might hear, and it's a little breezy. Good morning, turkeys have a lot of wild turkeys where I live and uh, the males are all colored and blue and red and uh, trying to attract their mates and make little funky looking baby turkeys. What's been on my mind is uh, the purpose of suffering and why we as humans go down these rabbit holes that make us suffer. So, let's just define a rabbit hole real quick. For me, what a rabbit hole means is, I have a thought, and, and thoughts come from, I don't know, somewhere, we don't really know where thoughts come from, they just appear in our minds. And that's part of what I've been thinking about, is the appearing in our minds part and kind of the purpose of that. So a a thought appears in our mind, and we listen to it. And because of our experience in the world, we continue to explore those thoughts more or less in an uncontrolled manner. We don't really think about them in a way that's uh, productive. Or of value, we just let them roll around in our head and we just keep thinking about them. And a lot of times, those thoughts are thoughts we've had before that we're recycling again. We just keep going down the rabbit hole, right? The rabbit hole, that term comes from a story, basically means to go down into a place where you're kind of out of control. And I think thoughts are often out of control, maybe more than we want to make ourselves believe. Thoughts are... I don't know. There's the thoughts that make us happy, the thoughts that make us angry or sad or make us want to solve a problem, there are thoughts that contribute to our um, our suffering, and maybe thoughts that don't, and um, yeah, it's a little breezy today, so hopefully it won't be too hard on the recording of this, but it's a little breezy as the sun is coming into view it's pulling all the air around so suffering as far as thought goes is is well I don't want to say this suffering I believe has a purpose like everything in our world has a purpose there's nothing that I have found that we can look at and say well on this planet, that thing does not have a purpose. I mean, everything kind of has a purpose. So why wouldn't why would suffering thoughts or suffering not have a purpose? And when I say it, ha- everything has a purpose. I actually mean everything has a purpose in physical ways and spiritual ways and thinking ways and lots of different ways let's take pain for instance I um, have experienced lots of different kinds of physical pain in my life because I've been super active like I am right now on my walk and the reason I walk is because I've been super active and I used to run I was a BMX rider when I was a kid, and then I was a skateboarder, which really took its toll. Got broke a lot of bones and twisted a lot of things and fell a lot of times and got hurt in a lot of different ways doing that. And then I spent my 20s in a very active job, very physically active job, and got hurt and injured doing that. I've had many physical aches and pains right this moment I don't because I take care of myself but in those moments I've had physical aches and pains I've had medical issues where I've had to have surgeries so there's that suffering and pain physical pain and in the last few years I have suffered a lot less because I have learned to go to the pain to answer the call So when I get physical suffering of pain, like my knee hurts or um, maybe I have a headache or maybe I have um, soreness in my back or whatever that might be, I address that. I don't ignore it because I believe that pain is quite literally screaming at us to get our attention. And... I want to figure out, I want to listen to it, I want to understand it. I had a situation seven or eight years ago, I started to have pain in my shoulder, just a deep aching pain, and it would get worse and worse, and I couldn't sleep on that side of my body, I couldn't, sometimes I couldn't even lift my arm up. To just do the most basic things and that went on for quite a while and I just kind of ignored it. Oh, it'll go away or it will resolve itself somehow or I'll go to the doctor one day and they'll tell me I have some kind of problem with my shoulder and then they'll cut it open and fix it. But I didn't want to do that because I've been cut open and fixed before and not really wanting to do that too many more times in my life. I remember hearing someone say, when there's pain, we need to listen to the pain. We need to go to the pain and see what it's trying to tell us. And for the longest time I thought that was a bunch of hooey. I thought that was some woo-woo crap. And I remember at one point I was laying in bed, and I could barely get out of bed because my shoulder hurt so bad. And I laid there, and for some reason, I stopped thinking the same old recycled thought that this was a bunch of hooey, and I went to the pain. With all that I had, I focused on the pain, and I was trying to listen to what it was trying to tell me. And you know what? It didn't tell me anything. There was no words of epiphany that came to me. There was no bright shining light out the window and sunshine on my shoulder and trumpets and fairies and singing angels. The pain just kind of went away. In in a matter of about two minutes, it just went away. I remember laying there thinking... Is that all it took? Why did I suffer for these past few years with this pain when all I had to do was listen to it? it seems comical right now, it seems ridiculous and silly that I had been so entrenched in my belief that something wouldn't work, I wasn't even willing to try it. When I did try it, I found. It did work and that was probably i want to say almost five years ago now and in that five years that shoulder has hurt one other time for about five minutes and i sat down and just went to the pain and concentrated on what it was trying to tell me and again no singing angels, no bright lights, just, the pain just dissipated. Because the pain wasn't there to hurt me. The pain was there to get me to pay attention. The pain was there to get me to move into the pain and pay attention. Now, I don't think the pain had a distinct message. I think the message was to stop thinking the ridiculous things that I think or the silly things that I believe in and to move into a space of openness that there are other realities going on. There are other ideas going on besides the one that rattle around in my head. Those Ongoing thoughts of this is ridiculous, or that's that's not gonna work, or I don't understand it, so I'm gonna mock it or any of those lifelong ideas I might have had, and I move right into listening to the pain now. I listen to what it has to say, and like i said i've I've never had the pain say. Uh, some spiritual thing to me what the pain says to me is thank you very much for listening and now that you've stopped and taken a moment to listen to me I will stop hurting you and that's where I have found some relief from suffering is that I listen to what the suffering has to say I listen to the ideas, the story, the notion in the background, the ideas that tell me that 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 the idea that suffering is here to hurt me instead of help me, I listen to that, and when I reach through that and connect with this suffering, this pain, this sorrow, this anger, this fear, this gnawing, grinding anxiety is here to tell me something. It's not here for my angels to sing to me and rainbows to appear in the sky and unicorns farting chocolate bunny rabbits. It's here to remind me that sometimes loud cars go by. It's here to remind me that There is a way out of suffering. One of the Four Noble Truths from the Buddha is there is a way out of suffering. And there is. When we listen to suffering, when we pay attention to what it's trying to tell us, we alleviate the suffering just by the process of going to the suffering to listen to it, to understand it a little bit, or just simply to pay attention to it. Because suffering isn't here to make us suffer. I don't believe that's the purpose of suffering. I believe the purpose of suffering is to get us to wake the hell up to what is making us suffer, to think about it differently, to drop our um, negative or angry thoughts, address the suffering. Suffering's not magical. Suffering is not a mystery. Suffering is just a messenger. It's just a, um, an idea, a tool, that humans get to understand or not. And in my understanding of suffering and listening to the voices of the suffering... Or the non-voice, as the case is often, for me, it's a non-voice. It's just going to meet it. We find some relief. We find some space. Some lesser amount of suffering. In the case of my shoulder, it seems to be something that yells at me when I'm really deeply um, filled with anxiety. The time that it really was very sore was a time in my life when I was in deep, deep anxiety and suffering depression. And it was the time that I was in my darkest place. And when I went to the pain whether it was my shoulder or my darkest places, I was able to alleviate the suffering. So now, when I want to alleviate my suffering, I listen. What is it that's happening to me, and what am I experiencing, and what's trying to get my attention? Whether it's my knee, or my ankle, my right arm, my shoulder, Thoughts that keep running around in my head over and over and over. I keep recycling them and they keep causing me anguish and suffering and fear. It does take some effort, it takes some practice, it takes me some time to notice what I'm thinking and feeling, which is not always the easiest thing to do because I like everyone else on the planet am busy with my daily life and sometimes I don't notice for hours that I've been ruminating on something that's causing me suffering. But when I'm able to do that, slow down and stop and ask myself, what is this thought or this pain or this idea, this notion, this long-standing belief, go into that in a minute, this long-standing belief of something that's causing me suffering. What is it about that I need to look at and understand or just notice it? Because like I said, when I notice I'm suffering, often that's all it takes to um, reduce the suffering dramatically. It's just to listen, to go to the suffering and say to myself, say to myself and listen to myself, what is it you're here to teach me? What are you trying to tell me? And sometimes it's pretty... Pretty basic like I said it just kind of alleviates it and I don't suffer in that moment anymore and I'm not saying that thought never comes back again but a lot of times it just comes back in a different way because now I've I've listened to it I've addressed it I've paid attention to what it had to say and that has helped take a lot of power out of that feeling or thought long-standing beliefs are nothing more than thoughts Long-standing beliefs are nothing more than ideas that have worn a deep neural pathway in our brain that when something happens or something triggers us, that pathway is ignited and activated and we have a reaction or a thought, and then a reaction, I guess it's really more accurate, we have a thought and then we react, but we have a thought that's a long-standing belief or idea, and then we have the same response, the same reaction we always do, over and over and over, until we don't. Talking about long-standing beliefs, and meeting and listening to them, I want to use an example about, just back up for a moment and talk about my idea that if we meet and listen to our suffering, our pain, whether it's physical or emotional, um, that there's some kind of healing that happens there, I'm trying, I'm imagining how the world works here on this big blue ball that we call home. When I breathe out, the air that comes out mixed with carbon dioxide and nitrogen and whatever else, I'm not a not a biology major. So whatever comes out when I breathe instantly, equalizes itself to the world around it starts to disperse out I remember a an experiment when I was a little kid and I think I don't know maybe second grade or whatever and we would take droppers of food coloring and we would drop them in a plate of water and we would watch the food coloring spread out and basically equalize itself perfectly dispersing itself into the container that it was in. That happens with just about everything. It happens with water. It happens with air. It happens with people. We disperse ourselves around. We live in homes where we feel a comfortable distance apart. We've agreed on a physical space. Some cultures have closer physical space. I know when I go to the grocery store, even before COVID, I like to have a little bit of space around me. I don't want people standing too close to me. I don't want them bumping up against me. Now, there are some cultures where that is, that space is smaller. And people in those cultures just do that differently. That's all. But even then, they don't actually like jam each other into each other unless it's necessary, like maybe in the subway train or something like that. But even then, you can see they're not super comfortable with it. We need space. Everything needs space. And everything will find its space. The, the act of weather in our atmosphere on our planet is always an attempt at equalization high-pressure zones, low-pressure zones, all moving in relationship to each other and high-pressure running to low-pressure, creating winds and storms and low-pressure moving about in the way that it does, an ever-changing attempted at equalization that can, um, I suppose it could be equal at some point, but I don't know because I'm not a meteorologist, nor am I a biologist, but I imagine that if all of a sudden the highs and the low pressure areas equalized, I'm imagining that weather would cease to exist. So our highs and our lows in our lives, our high pressures and low pressures that run into each other, run away from each other, have a purpose, just like the weather all of this I'm talking about has a purpose or it wouldn't be here the long-standing idea that there's nothing that happens without a purpose. I subscribe to that idea that nothing happens without a purpose. I don't necessarily like the purpose or want it but I can recognize that for everything that happens I can find A purpose a reason whether it's a circle of life a tree falls down and nature takes it back by rotting it slowly and takes it back into the ground as nutrients or someone who I know dying and their time is done and we are to go on without them in whatever way that looks like or a natural disaster which (laughs) which is funny, we call, we'd label a tornado that rips through somewhere and causes death and injury and damage, we call that a natural disaster and really what it is, is nature just be a nature but we label it so that we can find something from it that we can live with, the fact that that's done the damage it's done, whether it's killing people or injuring or leveling whole towns that we now have to rebuild or or not. So these long-standing beliefs that we hold dear to, that we somehow need, because they serve a purpose, they come to us and... By addressing them, by listening to them, there is some sort of equalizing that happens, some sort of smoothing out, some sort of, in the recognition, in leveling out of the energy. So, you know, we can use my shoulder. When I listen to my shoulder being in pain, I didn't learn a lesson other than, the lesson I learned was to go to the suffering and listen to it. That was the lesson. Like I said, no fairies singing, no angels in the clouds, just that knowing now that if I go to the suffering, I will alleviate it just by the mere fact that I'm addressing it, I'm listening. And sometimes I do hear an idea or a thought And a lot of times what that thought is is the idea that what I'm thinking or what I'm believing as far as like a long-standing belief isn't really true. It's just something I've thought so many times I believe that it's true. It's now become the gospel according to Randall and I'm standing by it and no one's going to change my mind except for me. And sometimes that changing of my mind, listening to my thoughts and dealing with it differently, is the idea that I hear another point of view, imagine that, there's another point of view besides my point of view, and it enlightens me, it smooths out the thought, it becomes an equalizer, right? It's like the drop of food coloring in the water it moves it moves through me to create um, some equalization of my thought doesn't always change my mind, but it often gives me some perspective that smooths out the pain and the suffering I've had long standing beliefs about people, and I stuck by them and made sure that it justified whatever I needed to justify and helped me stay stuck in that space. And when I've learned to step away from that and notice what it looks like to not feel that or be a part of that or, or just to listen to it, a great deal of healing has come to my life in those things that made me crazy or made me suffer, or made me hear ideas in my head that were uh, hurtful to me or other people. I've been able to walk through those things with some equalization, right? With some recognition that the, the way I think is not the only way there is to think. So my thinking caused me suffering until I noticed it was causing suffering. And then I listened to it. I see a chance then to notice where it comes from. Notice how entrenched I might be in it. Notice how it creates suffering in me. And in those times, sometimes a great idea comes to me like, oh, that's really stupid what you've been thinking for 50 years. or. Well, it's just time to release that. Because it's not serving me other than to hurt me. Believing those things often has nothing to do with any real event. It's just how I decided to see something and I've just made it the way I think about it. And I think all of us do that. Until we stop. Until we take a look around. Until we listen to what... happening in our minds, listen to our rabbit holes, especially the really deep ones that we believe are absolutely true, I would challenge you right now, when you're done listening or hit pause and do it now while you're thinking about it, is find one of those long-standing beliefs that you've held on to, clung to, grasping to, clinging And as one of the Four Noble Truths says, there is a chance to reduce suffering. There is a place to alleviate suffering. And probably just meeting it will help. Just acknowledging your entrenchment will help. Just taking a moment to listen. To be gentle with yourself listen to how you've done this to yourself. Because no one makes you think a certain way. I know I have clung to that belief. Those people made me think this way. My parents made me think this way. My experience made me think this way. It's not really true. It was a reaction in the moment to a situation. And... I responded in that situation in believing something and then thinking, well, that's how that is, no matter what. (laughs) Sometimes that's the words. I'm hanging on to this damn thing no matter what. And I would challenge you to kind of drop the shield, drop the armor, be open to what this pain and suffering might be trying to teach you trying to hold for you all this time. And maybe all it's asking you to do is notice so that you can find a different way to look at it. There's a thing called equanimity. And the saying goes... Situations have characteristics, not demands. Situations have characteristics, not demands. So if something happens, it is just something happening. It does not have demands on its own. A car rushing at me at a high rate of speed does not have a demand. The characteristics are a high-speed vehicle is about to run me over but there is no demand there there's the idea and the reactivity that I should jump out of the way but there is not a demand that I jump out of the way our characteristics in a situation there are not demands there's just things happening and we put stuff on them
1: Like this dog.
0: (laughs) Morning puppy. That dog sees me coming. And it believes at some level it should bark. That... The characteristics of me walking towards it demands that it bark but if you see another dog and you walk up to the same dog standing right next to the barking dog that other dog might not feel the demand to bark situations have characteristics not demands is something I take with me all the time especially when I feel reactive I'll notice that there's just a thing happening and there are no demands around it. There's just the thing. So when we have a situation that happens to us and we create a story around it and then we believe that story and it pours a pathway through our brains, creates a deep neurological pathway that we go over many, many, many times like we said it's like a hiking path through the meadow and that's the only path our brain takes when this certain situation occurs we are creating its own demand without even noticing that the situation is different and really ultimately noticing that the situation does not have a demand it just is a thing suffering When I started this podcast, I remember telling a friend of mine, I probably will never lose um, the availability of content to talk about because the content is only limited to how I can perceive suffering and how I watch suffering around me in the world. I'm in the middle of a divorce. Well, not in the middle. I'm right at the very end. and I read some paperwork that came to me yesterday. And I noticed the suffering in the words that this my ex-partner uses. It's pretty sad to me when I read the words. I just I hear her suffering. I hear the suffering in the words. I hear the clinging, the grasping, the holding on to the suffering. Instead of releasing it. Instead of walking up to it and saying to the suffering, what can I do for you? And what can you do for me? Because really, that's what it comes down to with suffering. Like I said, I challenge you to go and greet the suffering. Maybe even use those words. What can I do for you? How can I help you? How are you here to help me? What can you do for me? How can we become equalized here? What can I do for you today, suffering? And what can you do for me today? So I'm going to wrap it up with that because it took me however many long minutes it took to go there and come to that space, that place of understanding for myself, to put some new words to it. So I'll leave you with looking at your suffering and asking it, what can I do for you and what can you do for me? So thank you for coming along. I really appreciate you coming back and listening and um, catch up with you next time. Hey, thanks for dropping in. I appreciate you coming and listening If you have a question or comment you'd like to pass on to me or have me answer it another time on another podcast, you can send that to bbotpodcast at gmail.com. And on your way out, I offer that you hit the subscribe or follow button. And in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day and be kind to yourself and be kind to others.